All right, take your Bible. Let's start in 1 Peter 5 tonight, 1 Peter 5. Last week we started this series on spiritual warfare. It is important that we know that we are in a spiritual battle and we not deny this truth. Now, since we are in a constant spiritual battle, it's important that we prepare for the spiritual conflict. And that's why we hear this in 1 Peter chapter 5, look at verses 8 and 9, familiar passage, we, we started here last week, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And then verse 9 says, resist him. How do we do that? Resist him. Verse 9 says, resist him. Here's how. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So this should not surprise us that we are in a spiritual battle. And we see that reminder there in verse 9. Knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. The way we resist the devil is not to talk to the devil and not to chew the devil out, but is to equip ourselves for the spiritual battle, being firm in our faith. And the key to your victory over sin as followers of Jesus is being firm in your faith with the Word of God, informed by the Word of God, instructed by the Bible. Only then can you, can you resist the devil. We need the armor, we need the ammo, we need the, the weapons of warfare for spiritual warfare, and that's found by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God at work in us. So we come to the Bible for a foundation for our understanding of what spiritual warfare is. And we started last time with what the Bible says about our enemy. We're going to continue that thought tonight. What does the Bible tell us about our enemy? We saw this last time. We, uh, first of all, we need to understand and admit that we do have an enemy. We do have an enemy. The devil is real. He is powerful, but he is also limited in his power. We can rejoice in this. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We can praise God for this as we think about the spiritual warfare we're in and the fact that we do have an enemy. We wonder where the devil came from. Well, the devil's a fallen angel. We know this from the Scriptures. The Scriptures teach us this and help us understand this. And then thirdly, we discuss this, that the devil is an angel of light. In other words, he's a deceiver. The devil is a counterfeiter. So we need to be on guard with the truth. Boy, this is so critical that we be people who read the Word, study the Word, listen to the truth of the Word being proclaimed, hide God's Word in our hearts, rejoice in the fact that the Holy Spirit helps activate the Word in our hearts and minds so that we can be alert to false teaching. Because the devil will use false teachers to try to derail us from obeying the truth and understanding the truth and believing the truth. He's a counterfeiter. Tonight we note next that the devil wants to destroy Jesus. The devil is an enemy of Christ. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. 
Matthew chapter 4. We concluded with that thought last week, and that is where we begin tonight. The devil wants to destroy the Lord Jesus Christ. The devil's mission is to derail God's sovereign plan. We can see an example in the scriptures of the the devil would like to be God. The devil would like to be totally in control. He will never be. Let's get that clear. He will never be in control. And so he hates Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 4. As I read verses 1 through 11, this familiar account. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Can we just pause there for a moment and, and recognize this, that the devil will use your points of weakness to tempt you. The passage here shows us that Jesus was hungry after, after fasting, and so the devil comes along and says, Jesus is hungry. Let's, let's see if we can tempt him with, with food. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Verse 4 says, But he answered, Jesus answered, It is written. Here's another good pointer in the middle of the text. What does the Bible say? Right? When we're dealing with temptation, go to the Word. When you're dealing with someone talking about things that don't seem to be right, go back to the Word. If somebody wants to argue with you about who Jesus is, you can say, the Bible says. The Bible says is one of the best answers we have in our witness for Christ. And so Jesus says, it is written in verse 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Well, here's the devil even using the Bible himself, using Scripture himself, right? Uh, Verse 7, Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these, get this, Satan saying, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And verse 10 says, then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him, ministering to Jesus. Satan wants what he cannot have. So he hates Jesus. He wants to destroy the work that God is doing. He works to harm the children of God because he cannot lay a finger on Jesus. And we can see it in passages like Luke chapter 22, where Jesus foretells of Peter's denial, Luke chapter 22. Listen to verses 31 and 32. 
Jesus says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So we see this account. Satan can't harm Jesus himself, so he tries to harm the saints. And Jesus foretells of Peter's denial that way, saying that Satan demanded to have you. But, oh, what sweet words when Jesus says, I have prayed for you. I have prayed for you. I have interceded for you. It's also why we're told to put on the whole armor of God. Because Satan is active, and he's trying to do harm to the saints. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, put it this way. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be, may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now you know why I'm saying we're in the midst of a spiritual conflict. We're in the midst of a spiritual battle. It's very clear here in this Ephesians passage. And it's clear here too that the devil has schemes. So the scriptures say, finally be strong. How? Be strong in the Lord. How? In the strength of His might. How sweet that is, that this is not totally dependent on our strength, on our wisdom. It's on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's on the Holy Spirit's strength and work in our hearts and lives. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We put our hope in Christ. We put our hope in God's Word. And we have the help of the Holy Spirit to encourage and strengthen us and give us wisdom for the spiritual warfare that we're in the midst of. So if the devil can't harm Jesus, he's going to try to harm the saints. And so he tries to do it this way also. Satan is also an accuser of God's people. We can see this in Job chapter 1. You want to go to Job chapter 1? Job chapter 1. Satan is an accuser of God's people. That word accuser... That's Satan's name. Diabolos is the root of our English word devil. Diabolos, it means slanderer. It means false accuser. The devil is trying to accuse God's children constantly before God. Look at Job chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. You see an example of this. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. So here's Satan accusing Job, a righteous man, accusing Job of only being faithful to God because of God's many blessings. Look at 
But can the accuser make charges stick against God's children? The accuser cannot make charges stick against those whose faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus is always making intercession for the saints before God. We can praise God for this. That's why Romans chapter 8 and verses 33 and 34 says this, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? The answer is no one. It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? So there's no need to be concerned with Satan's charges against you before God if you have trusted in Jesus Christ. If your hope is in Christ, you are on a solid foundation. You have a firm defense in Christ before Satan's accusations. Here's what Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. I love that. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Another wonderful passage to take great courage in is Isaiah 54, 17, which says, No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me declares the Lord. Our vindication is in the Lord. God is our protector. He is our provider. And the Lord Jesus Christ defends us, His brothers and sisters. Those who are in Christ have a firm defense in Christ. So the devil's about trying to do harm to God's children. The devil's about accusing God's children. So the devil is always busy at work. And he's busy at work because his time is limited. This is, this is an encouragement. <laughs> his time is limited. He knows this. The devil's time is limited. We hear this in Revelation 12 and verse 12. Therefore... Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them, but woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because, get this, he knows that his time is short. The devil's busy trying to do his deceitful work, his deception, his accusations. He's trying to make them stick. It's as I noted earlier, he's... he's probing he's probing he's watching believers looking for their weaknesses looking for those things that they're easily tempted with and trying to present those things to get them to lose hope in the lord to lose faith to derail their faith and his time is limited we can rejoice that at the cross jesus has defeated the devil the devil has no lasting power because Jesus defeated him, defeating sin and death at the cross, at Calvary. I think about that hymn, Years I Spent in Vanity and Pride. 
at Calvary, all paid for by Christ. There are several key passages in the New Testament which give us this assurance that the devil has been defeated. John chapter 12 and verse 31 is, is one of them, which says this, Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. The devil's time is limited. John chapter 16 and verse 11 Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The devil's already a loser. We can rejoice in this. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15 speaks of God defeating the devil through Christ when it says this, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. That's in Jesus Christ, at the cross, at Calvary. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame, triumphing over them in Him. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 says this, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. The devil is already defeated in Christ, and we can rejoice in this. And in 1 John 3, 8, we hear this, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason... The Son of God appeared, was, listen, to destroy the works of the devil. Has the Lord Jesus Christ been successful? He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. He has defeated sin and death and hell in the grave. And there is one hope, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. And then we hear this of Satan's final destiny in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 41, Matthew 25 and verse 41, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed into, and here's the important part to note, the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Eternal fire. Eternal fire of torment. We'll hear it here in a moment. Eternal fire of torment for the devil and his angels. God has a place for the devil. God has a place prepared for the devil. And after the return of Christ and his millennial reign, the devil will be thrown into the eternal fire prepared for him. And then Revelation 20 and verse 10 tells us for how long the devil will be kept there. We have lot, a lot to rejoice in when we think about the devil's schemes. Listen to this from Revelation 20 and verse 10. And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night. For how long? It says forever and ever. We near, need not fear the devil. We need not fear what he's doing. We do need to be informed. We do need to be equipped and prepared and on guard. 
But get this, day and night, forever and ever, the devil has his place and will be there for torment, day and night, forever and ever. Yes, the devil is angry because he's already defeated. The devil is busy because his time is limited. And so because his time is limited, he is doing his best to do his worst, we could say. 2 Corinthians 4.4 tells us he's busy trying to keep unbelievers in darkness. We grieve over this, don't we? You and I know people. We pray for people. We, We ask God to open their eyes, open their hearts, so they'll see and believe who Jesus is and be saved. And yet the devil's busy trying to keep people like that blind and darkened in their sin and keep them dead in their trespasses. 2 Corinthians 4.4, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This is what the devil's busy trying to do in unbelievers' lives. He is also busy trying to harm God's children. And he does it by trying to exploit our weaknesses trying to exploit those things that tempt us the easiest, tempt us the most. So we need to prepare for Satan's ploys, but we have no need to fear him. We ought not fear Satan. Do not fear him. In Luke 12, we learn whom we should fear. Listen to verses 4 through 7 in Luke 12. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who after he has killed has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. Do you hear that? Fear not. Do not fear the devil. And you don't even need to do business with the devil. You don't need to talk to the devil. You need to talk to the Lord in prayer. You need to go to God's word for wisdom. You need to put on the armor that God has given you. We'll talk more about this in this series of studies as we think about preparing ourselves and equipping ourselves for spiritual warfare. But you need not fear the devil. Fear God. Honor God. If you have a proper fear of God, if you are, I would put fear of God this way, if you have a reverent respect, a reverent awe, for God's word and his commands and his teaching in his word. If you humble yourself before God and his word, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ and in him alone, you can live without fear of the devil. And you can rest with assurance that you need not fear because God knows you. God knows your name. You're more valuable than sparrows. He knows the number of hairs on your head or the lack thereof. (laughs) he knows us and he keeps us if we're in christ we are kept by christ 
And that's our hope. That's our confidence. That's our assurance. And we can rest in this. But we dare not take it easy. Right? We can sleep at night because God does not. But in the day, we prepare ourselves for spiritual battle, spiritual conflict, because Satan is active and he would like to tempt us. So we take advantage of the tools of warfare, for spiritual warfare that God has given us. That's why I keep saying, read your Bible. Read your Bible. I said it Friday night. You remember that little song you sang in Sunday school? Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, 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 right? That's so true. A simple little song, but it's a powerful truth. God has given us His Word, and we need to equip ourselves with it. I'm so thankful you're here and you're gathered around the Word. And, and we ought to pray for one another as we go our separate ways tonight into a, a week that will be busy for us and opportunities to be tempted by Satan to distrust God and His good promises. We ought to pray for each other and we will be strengthened in our faith, encouraged in our walk with Christ, encouraged by God's Word not to fear Satan, but to fear God, to honor Him, give Him our reverence, respect and obedience to live in a way that pleases the Lord and honors the Lord and makes much of the Lord Jesus Christ.